0: Previously, on The Tony Kornheiser Show. He proceeds to take out of his pockets giant gobs of bills. And I say to him, which I think anybody would say at that point, what are you doing with all this money? And he says to me, I'm a stripper. Oh wow Magic Mike the I'm a stripper And he takes that He says how do you want it oh And I go how about 420s Yeah how about 4 And he says to me I'll give you 420s How about a 10 A 5 and 5 ones? I go that's gold
1: The Tony Kornheiser show Is on now That's
2: a good story Everybody that's likes great. to hear that story When I tell that story It's a
1: brilliant story He's a stripper I walked into you working out with Helen. Heard it again. Yeah. I laugh every time.
0: <laughs> I told it to Helen.
1: But yeah. we got we got a lot of emails on that. But the one we got, and I had forgotten about this, Saturday Night Live did a sketch years ago. It was about a fake bank that all they did was make change for people. Uh, my <laughs> friend Lowell Singer sent it to me. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's yeah. very it's, funny. It's hysterical. Yeah, he sent it to me. Especially when they're like, yeah, we can handle special requests like that, usually in the 20, same day. 20,000 nickels. 20,000
0: nickels. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, it was really funny.
0: <laughs> Let's go to golf uh i'll get to ricky fowler in a second a couple of holes in one in the last few days that were notable marty west who is now a half marty west got a hole in one at number 16 i think maybe it was maybe it's 13 13 or 16 at columbia and marty west is the greatest golfer ever in this area greatest amateur golfer ever for sure And it was Marty's first hole-in-one at Columbia, which is amazing. He's played a million rounds at Columbia. (laughs) I'm serious. He's played
2: more rounds at Columbia
0: than anybody
2: ever. And knowing him, though, he's playing away from pins to set up better birdie putt. So there you go. Yeah. (laughs) He had a hole-in-one, which was nice. Greg
0: Garcia. No. Really? Greg Garcia had a hole-in-one.
2: Oh, that's
1: fantastic. Greg
0: Garcia. I get a picture of a scorecard.
2: What course lets him play?
0: Uh, (laughs) I get a picture of a scorecard. It only has two numbers filled in. Number one was a five. it's was on a par five. Number two was a one. He said, it doesn't matter. The rest of it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> he awesome. got a one. I said, I wrote him back. I said, you've been playing golf for an hour. <laughs> what do you mean you got a hole in one? How could you get a hole in one? He got a hole in one. He finished the, the day 93.
2: Okay. Does he know he have to finish the round? He
0: finished. He finished the day 93. I said, 93 is totally respectable. I'm okay with 93. He said he was okay. Kevin, He got a hole in one. You know? And, and he sent a picture, the same picture that he sent to me to Nate Bargazzi, And Bargazzi wrote back, wow, that's amazing. You parred the first hole. <laughs> but that was funny. <laughs> that's funny. So Greg got a hole in one. Ricky Fowler won his first tournament since 2019. He wanted a tournament that he would not have played. I don't think if he were not a sponsor. He's the, he's the golf face of Rocket Mortgage. His commercials are lovely. He's been doing them for years. So he played, and he won, and he won on a playoff hole, and I was watching this. I'll find out if Mike watched it, but Michael, I don't know if you watched it. Ricky Fowler birdied 18
2: to tie, and then birdied 18 to win. Uh, the relief on his face when you see the putt go down makes you uh, understand what he's gone through the last couple of years, where he went from not necessarily having a position on the tour, going from one of the you know greatest players in the world to remember a couple of uh, Couple years back, where he finished second in all the majors, uh, and he sees all of his friends have great success. You think about the Spring Break Boys, and then you see Justin Thomas goes off and reels off a couple of PGAs. Uh, Jordan Spieth, no matter whether he's winning or not, is always in the mix and is always just one shot away from greatness. So, you know, you look at what uh, what he was saying afterwards about the importance of family and. Win or lose, getting to hold his kid. And this is just a continuation of all those struggles over the years. The fact that he still showed up. Continuation of what we've seen for the last month, where he put himself in position, did not close, understood that, accepted that, dealt with that. But at the end of the day, uh, he was still signing for kids at the U.S. Open after his you know, three-putt on Saturday to close out the third round, and then on Sunday as well. So he seems to be a professional who totally understands the I would say the relative importance of his of his profession, which is he's trying his best. He's going through everything he can. He's changed his swing, but he puts it in healthy perspective. He's very
0: popular with fans and other players. I have watched majors in which he's the first player to congratulate the winner.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, every every tournament.
0: He just seems like a wonderful kid.
2: Uh, and that seems to be natural to who he is. And it got to the point where there were big, big analysts in the game of golf who were criticizing him for focusing so much on the off-the-course branding of being Ricky Fowler, which was just sort of the weight of being so popular, so TV-ready. Uh, and he never shied away from that. He never said, I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to do it. He, he understood that that's part of it as well. Yeah. So the Nats took two out of three in Philadelphia. The middle game that they lost, they
0: lost 19-4. to four. Mackenzie Gore didn't have it, and, and it didn't have it early, and nobody had it in that particular game. They brought in pitchers I've never heard of, and they didn't have it either. And then they brought in an outfielder, I think, to close the thing out when they lost 19-4. to And then they won yesterday. Um, they got great relief performances, actually, from Finnegan and Harvey. Harvey uh, Finnegan makes you nervous. He gets people on base, but he has two gets double plays. Double play in the seventh, double play in the eighth. Harvey came on. Three balls were hit hard, but they didn't go out. They went into somebody's glove. Um, I think it's easier to shake off a 19-4 loss than a 4-3 loss. Oh, yeah. I mean, you watch this in the College World Series, where in the second game, Florida just, killed lsu and then lsu came back and killed florida yeah i mean because it's those are the nineteen uh, four games are the oddity games.
2: Base, baseball is such a weird game it, it just shows you the importance of holding on to that close win on friday night and even with that crazy laugh of a loss it still sets them up to win the series dominic smith another meaningless home run in, that in the nineteen four loss yes a solo
0: meaningless home run now on pace for eight and maybe 40 <laughs> rbi because we're halfway through
2: at this point.
1: How far behind is he uh, from Shohei Otana? Otani? He's be- considerably behind. <laughs> were, considerably. You, were
2: you watching when uh, Garrett hit the Grand Slam? No. Okay, so there's there's two walks that lead up to bases loaded. Cool name, Stone Garrett. Oh, and Stones, when first pitch, you just take it out, it's say no-doubter. Uh, and they had Ian Desmond in the booth. Oh, is that right? Yeah, just looked really cool with the sunglasses on. Because so, I was trying to break down my summer dad look. Not looking that cool. They're not... Um, They're not terrible, the Nats. They're
0: about one or two, one, certainly one power hitter, one and a half power hitters away from being okay, from being okay. Their bullpen has gotten much better. Not everybody, but Finnegan and Harvey have been good. A couple of starters have been good. You know, they're they're hitters. They don't hit for power. That's what they need, but they... They hit, they get singles. They're fun to watch. The problem they hit is, pretty good.
2: what will August bring when you take a look at some of the people you're thinking of Are right now trade like, them with away? Lane Thomas, with Candelario, Lane Thomas uh, should Harvey, have made the Finnegan. all-star team, yes. not Josiah
0: Gray. Lane Thomas should have made the all-star team. Josiah Gray, that's fine, good for him, but he should not have made it, and Lane Thomas should have. All right, I have a story I need to tell. Small story. We had, um, yeah, everybody has this every once in a while. You have the pest people come over. You know, the exterminators, the pest people. We used a company called American Pest. Oh, sure. You know, it's, we're in American vans, pest. See their yeah. vans every
1: day. Yeah, you know, know. they're very yeah. reliable. Yeah. Maybe. So they come over. We'll, we'll see.
0: And they, do, you know, I mean, they don't even talk to me. They just do what they do and you get a bill. Okay, fine. You know, two days ago, I'm in the house. There's, I'm in a room, a particular room. I see a mouse. There's a mouse in the room. A mouse in your house? A mouse in my house. A mouse walking in the area right by a wall. A mouse. What's this? We can't have this. (laughs) We can't have a mouse. Scurrying or walking? Walking. Sauntering. Yeah, I was going to say strutting, sauntering. Sauntering. (laughs) This is in a room where there is a door to the outside. I open the door. I attempt then to cajole the mouse into leaving the house through the door. I don't know if this is going to work. Did you tell the mouse your stripper story? I I did not. (laughs) But I did say, Mr. Mouse, it's time to go. There are three things that can happen. Two of them are okay. One of them is not. The one that is not is the mouse leaves this room and starts going into all the other rooms. Yeah. We can't let that happen. No. There's a chair in this room. There's a small little couch in this room. I begin to push things around to get the mouse to go the other way, to go out the open door. The mouse isn't taking the, bet, the bait. The mouse isn't doing that. I kill the mouse. I get to the mouse. The mouse is a small mouse. I step on the mouse. I don't want to do this. Right. I don't. But I also know that pest people are going to put traps down and kill the mice. Yeah. Just slowly, That's what they're going yeah. to do. And, and I know there are just three things that can happen. And one of them is a
2: bad thing. A mouse loose. I'm surprised at your age you had the reflexes to take down a mouse. Very small
0: mouse. It's impressive. Childlike mouse. Killed the mouse by stepping on the mouse. And I was not... Not happy about that. I was not happy. And then I did what I think any reasonable person would do. Then I went... And I got a couple of tissues yep. from the bathroom and I put the mouse in the tissues and I flushed the mouse down the toilet. And when I told this story to my present wife, she said, what are you doing? You can't flush the mouse down the toilet. That'll back everything yep. up.
2: Look forward to the plumber call. You
0: can't do this. So I said, all right, call Crop Medcalf now, you know, if that's, if that's what has to be. Did I do the... Apparently, she told you this story, and you laughed at me.
2: I laughed at you. I heard this story uh, from, a, from a neutral party, my wife, and we have, we have dealt with our own mouse issues. This is a very small mouse. Sure, if you have a small mouse and you're seeing the mouse, there are some big mice hanging out in your walls. That's and you are about likely. to hear a lot of scurrying and scratching uh, at night, particularly what? between the hours of 11 and 5 a.m., which is what I've identified. I can't believe you'd think you could flush this down the toilet. It's just a natural, although reaction. it is organic,
1: natural reaction, huh? It's organic material, it will break down eventually. I just that's what I thought. Yeah, I just when when I've encountered, would you have
0: done? And she said, well, you know, you put it
1: in a bag, yeah, and it, you
0: throw it out with the garbage. And I just thought, I didn't think it through. I just, I felt bad. Well, you're on I an adrenaline to get rid of rush, the mouse,
2: huh?
1: You're on an adrenaline rush from yeah. the act. Yeah, it's a victory lap. <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah, I, I tend to put them in a little ziploc baggie. And then walk, well, that's them, smart. walk them out to the, the, you know, the garbage can outside just to get it completely out of the house. But you did the right thing. The, the first thing you don't want to do if you see a mouse is name it. Because if you <laughs> name it, then you can't kill it. If you, you give know? a
2: mouse a cookie. If you give a
1: mouse a cookie, yes. They'll ask for a glass of milk.
0: <laughs> I felt bad. I also thought of my grandchildren who probably like mice because there are mice in every single fable. Sure. All the books have mice. Yeah. Mice are your friends. Yes,
2: except the the, the noises that the mice make can terrify a young child uh, overnight. But no, okay. they, they would yeah, be with they... you to a degree.
0: Would you have known what to do?
2: I have done a lot of research on this uh, in the last year, uh, year and a half. I would have probably just
1: tried to brush it outside. I tried to do that. It didn't, it wasn't working. Yeah, I was probably like, no, I don't want to go out there. (laughs) There's lots of things out there that'll get me, so I'll stay in I feel, I
0: felt bad, you know, I felt bad, but I didn't see that I had a great alternative if the mouse got loose everywhere.
1: You don't want, no, you don't want it to get loose. I just, I don't know how it got in there, huh? Were you wearing a shoe? You think I would do this on my bare feet? I mean, you you decided to step on a bike. I had sneakers on, yeah. (laughs) Now, you've got two options if you want to continue to monitor the property. You can either get um, some cats. Cats eat mice, cats, right? Cats the, will the eat mice. The dog can't live yes. with cats. Or a langa monkey would be another yeah, option. Yeah, I was thinking of that. Do you know that the neighborhood
2: <laughs> lifters would share their, uh, it's called like a it's, a, it's a mouse cat, right? Like they will share, like I'll drop off my cat, it's it'll take care of your yes. mouse. Yeah, mouse. Oh, really? mouser.
1: Yes. Yeah, because. Not a momzo. <laughs> a mouser. <laughs> no, a mouser, yes. Hmm. Yeah, they. know. No. Yeah, butch and Sundance at my house. There, there's never any mice there. I feel.
0: This whole episode
1: makes me un- uneasy. We'll take a break. Michael Wilbon, when we return. I'm Tony
0: Kornheiser.
2: I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.
0: This is Abby Thomas. Abby Thomas, her work was sent to us by our friend George Millay, who told Abby that we played independent music. Then Abby sent her um, background to us, mixes pop melodies with soulful vocals and hints of R&B, jazz, and vibe from the songwriters of the 70s. She has opened for Lane Hardy, girl named Tom, and Kathy Richardson of Jefferson Starship, her standout music video, Fireflies earned over 10 nominations for awards, including a Best Female Solo Artist in 2021. It's really good. This is called Chasing the Moon. It's just beautiful. This is Abby Thomas. You can get her work where where you get this work. You know, where...
1: Where I don't know how this works. Where you get music. You can go get her music. Yes, Abby (laughs) Thomas.
0: Abby Thomas. She plays in Michael Wilbon. Wilbon is due for a very busy week. Not only is he going to watch Matthew play basketball in Atlantic City, but he's going to Spooky Nook, which is the most important thing we have ever talked about on this show. And I have a 4,000-word email by Kevin Erb who says, among other things, Mike, to get to the point, Spooky Nook is an athletic facility but not a town located roughly between my current home in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, my hometown of Lilletts, Pennsylvania. About 10 miles away. I can offer you and Mike some additional entertainment while you are here, besides being wowed by the facility at the Nook. The locals call it the Nook. This part of it's Pennsylvania no. has other things. For example, Wilbon, hard pretzels. Are you a hard pretzels guy?
3: No, Maddie's a hard pretzel guy, though, but he won't have time to go anywhere. Um, well, they have. I'm not a pretzel guy.
0: All right, Hammonds, which are made in nearby Lancaster, Shuys in Lebanon a buttery crisp yet light treat, and the device of Martins, which are harder, teeth-shattering offerings made by Mennonites who are often singing hymns while crafting the pretzels. <laughs> okay. A real sight to see. Then there That's are Julius Sturgis pretzels from Lilith, whose website claims the first commercial pretzel bakery in America. And the Sturgis family is the oldest pretzel baking family in America. So you could do that. Or when you're in Lilith's, you could go to Rock Lilitz to see any, if any musicians were there. He said, I once followed... Bruce Springsteen in the barber's chair, albeit by three to four days at a local shop back in the eighties, then go to Wilbur Chocolate, maker of the famous but also divisive Wilbur Buds. The Buds are locally preferred over world famous Hershey Kisses. Now do you like Hershey Kisses? Yes. Okay. Yes,
3: but I check, I you know, Vedica I I can't be eating those anymore.
0: I think I think you should try to get these things, Wilbur Buds. You can get the <laughs> Borden smoothie which is not a bar, but a cup, like Hershey's Reese's peanut butter cup. Golf, there's golf at the Hershey Country Club. He, oh, he belongs. Wow. And you know belongs there, apparently? Who oh. Who is the coach? Bruce Boudreaux.
4: Bruce oh, really? Boudreaux. Yeah. yeah, and then wow. there's a
0: Lancaster okay. Country Club, and then he says enough already, I know. Um, but anyway, go to the Roots Country Market on any Tuesday to get your choice of Central Pennsylvania Food Delights, Amish Mennonite, and others. This is it. This is yeah, everything I'm you sure. need from Kevin Earle. I'm
3: sure. Everything I need and won't get, but that's very kind
0: of Are you excited by Spooky Nook? We had a 1,000 emails. Are you excited by Spooky Nook and the 50 concurrent basketball courts?
3: I, I'm curious. I don't know that excited is the word that I would use. Because, Tony, th- these things exist now other places. Um Myrtle Beach has one. Virginia Beach has one. Uh, You know, I take it the place of in Atlantic City must have one. And there are places all across the country. That's just, when you're in the mid-Atlantic, you know, these are the places that you apparently want. Actually, it's not just the mid-Atlantic. I've talked to people. I think Doc Rivers told me at one point that he had started laughing about Spooky Nook saying, oh, we just wait. And I'm like, how do you wind up at Spooky Duck, well, where would Doc have been then? I guess, you know, it would have been with the clear I, I have no idea why he wound up at Spooky Nook. But maybe teams fly in, too. I'm not exactly sure. But for us, it's a drive.
0: So I think what most people have said to me about this place is it's very hard to sit down because it's just all basketball courts. You sort of have to stand around and watch. Is that yeah. what you've heard too?
3: I don't, no, I've not done a scouting report beyond hearing that it's, a, it's it is not just basketball; it's a lot of stuff. Right, it's every sport. They
0: have volleyball. They have Everything. all the indoor things.
3: Everything. They have people who have multiple children playing different sports. They wind up there as well. So I have I have not done any scouting report. I will not be standing the entire time. Right. You need to that bring can't a chair. Happen yet?
0: Not only do and, you need to bring um, a chair, you need to bring people who will carry you around. Yeah, you that won't that. be happy either. <laughs> no.
3: um, I, that, I don't think there are any in my house that will be making a trip on that. But, you know, we'll, 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 I'll, we'll get through it. We'll get, it'll, be right. a, it'll be an AAU kind of week.
0: That'll be fun. And, That'll uh, be fun it'll for be, you. It'll
3: be fu- it, w- it will be
0: fun. It'll yeah, be fun absolutely. for you. Did you see Fowler win? What did you think?
3: Well, <laughs> I loved it. Loved it. Ricky Fowler is one of the people I root for. I was sort of conflicted because I love Colin and getting to know him. Yep. But Ricky Fowler, too. Uh, And I was excited for Fowler, four years. And he's been through a lot. And he, he had fallen to, like, nearly 200 in the world and was no longer guaranteed to be in the big events And so, yes, Ricky Fowler is someone I actively and frequently root for.
0: So there's a story in the paper today that people are upset that that was on tape delay. I mean, they said in the bottom left-hand corner, this is previously recorded. um, And and people said, well, you couldn't watch it live. What are you talking? I mean, you're watching it. You're watching it the way they're telling the story.
3: Why why was it tape delayed?
0: Oh, uh, terrible weather conditions in Detroit from starting at about... 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock, so they got them out there at 7 in the morning. Oh,
3: they did the year okay.
0: And then CBS wanted to televise it in the window that they wanted to televise it. I don't have a real problem with this, do you? I don't.
3: Maybe. It's not like it's a major and... Right. Well, you know, what does CBS have on what, this, was on in the, what was on earlier, the talk shows, I guess? The, I
0: guess. The, I don't know. I mean, this in was. In
3: Washington. So was it delayed here, but not everywhere else? No, I think it was
0: delayed everywhere because the national broad CBS had the national right. <clears throat> broadcast. But I was okay with it. I found out he had won. I yeah. mean, okay. I, I wanted to that. watch it.
3: it I was, did not know. I was not, like, I was flying in yesterday, first right. of all. I flew in on the red eye. So I came in and took a nap. So I wouldn't have known anything. And I would have missed it, actually, had it been on live TV. Um, but I'm just glad to follow one. It's good for golf. It is. Uh, to have a person that people... I I I think he is easily one of the three most popular guys on tour the last five years.
0: Oh, I easily. think that's true. Popular with fans yeah. and popular with players.
3: Yes, 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 yes? both.
0: All right, let I, me switch off. Let me get to free agency. And the obvious question, I have a bunch of questions, but the first one for me is why exactly would Dallas sign Kyrie Irving? They, they watched they, Tony, it. Tony, they have
3: to. They gave up all their – they gave up. When you give up that many things, assets, you can't get, you can't get better. Now, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, this is a big topic in our house because Matthew Leo follows every moment that Kyrie Irving lives and breathes, and I want him to stop, of course. <laughs> um, I, this, they had to, and he had to sign there. He was not going to be, do all this stuff about people taking meetings and he's going to go to Phoenix. No, he's not. No, they don't have any money. I mean, it, it, you wonder sometimes whether players actually follow the rules of the sport. Everybody knew that Phoenix had no more money. And everybody knew that Kyrie, Kyrie Irving is out of Brooklyn because Brooklyn said to him, we're not going to give you $40 million right. a year.
0: Right.
3: Well, Dallas could. Dallas needed to, and they didn't give it to him for four years. They gave it, or, or they gave it to him for three. I don't know if his max they could have given it to him for five because he's got they got his bird rights. But no, he was going to go to Dallas. Do you the think only they'll way trade is him? To be competitive. If
0: it's disastrous, no, they
3: can't trade him now. So no, they're not trading it. It
0: was terrible last year.
3: It was. What? And they hope it'll be better. I don't. Right. I, so our our we have Matthew and I already have a bet. And the bet is that the Mavericks don't finish in the top eight in the West. Top eight. First of all, they didn't finish in the top eight last this past no. season. No. They finished like 11th.
0: They didn't finish in the and top teams 10. At
3: Oklahoma City, that will just smoke them. That people aren't paying attention to because the people aren't familiar with their names. The NBA, the attraction to a great percentage of the NBA devoted audience is name star power. And so Dallas has that, and yet Dallas has no team.
0: Right. I don't think.
3: And, and, you know. I said Matthew, what makes you think that they're going to be better, any better this year than the two of them were last year? And by the way, they have no other way of getting better. It seems that they turned down what Phoenix offered with DeAndre Ayton, and DeAndre Ayton playing with those two fellows could make them better, but that deal did not happen. Hmm. I so was uh, there. Were... I, you know. There's so many teams in the West better than Dallas. I don't care if they do have Luka, who's a terribly flawed superstar, by the way. I mean, he has not been unmasked. The general public, the general basketball public is in love with Luka Doncic. And he has obvious skills, assets, except he's a sort of self-centered, brooding guy who is not in the kind of shape that suggests he can play against and beat people who are. And so I, I, I look at Dallas and just go, good, good. Yeah, I, I they, think they can, they can I be think out of
0: I was interested that uh, Westbrook <clears throat> basically signed for no money at all. He's
3: going to the and Hall he's of Fame. He, he, he's happy. He wants to be with the club He fallen into what Dave Lillard was, apparently was, which was happy where he is, and, and, right. and he's at home.
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned Lillard. There's two. There's two shoes to drop, and I know you believe that the Lakers did the best in free agency, right? Yes. you think they I'm are sure. going to win the it. West?
3: Well, no, no. I do think that Denver is in some trouble. Denver lost three free agents, right? Denver lost Bowen, uh, Uncle Jeff, Jeff Green, locally George own. They, they, look, they only played eight people, eight, sometimes seven. Bruce Brown became an incredibly valuable piece for them. They lost him to Indiana. They lost Jeff Green to Houston, and they lost the third guy, I think. But whatever it is, I don't think that Denver, look, it it can change so easily in the NBA, um, the balance of what you do. And so I think the Lakers and Suns, and I thought the Suns have done very well in free agency, very well and putting a real team around Brad Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. Um, I think that, that those two teams, the Lakers first, have done really well. It, 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 but, Tony, there are other teams in the West. Sacramento's done with That Sacramento didn't need to go out and get new people, although they got the European League MVP who's like 27 years old. So there are some teams. The, the West is six or seven teams deep and there and there will be teams that will threaten the Denver nuggets, yes,
0: all right, so the 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 biggest question is where do you think Lillard ends up
3: well when when Pat Riley, the history of Pat Riley is when Pat Riley wants a free agent or wants someone, he gets him, so Pat Riley, when he moved from New York to Miami in what nineteen ninety five or something like that, Pat Riley wanted Tim Hardaway, he thought that they needed Tim Hardaway to make. That early push work when he went to Miami, and he got him. and It was a big deal. Because Timmy Hardaway was coming off an injury, but he had been great in an all-star in Golden State. And then, of course, you know, Pat Riley wanted Shaquille O'Neal, uh, and he got him away from the Lakers and won a championship with Shaquille O'Neal paired with Dwayne Wade. And then, of course, he wanted LeBron James and Chris Bosh and wanted to pair them with Dwayne Wade and win again, and he did. And most recently, Pat Riley wanted uh, Jimmy Butler to make a push to get back to the finals. Got him, and he did. So Pat Riley has been accurate in his forecast of what getting these people would mean for his Miami Heat. He has gotten them, and he has gotten to the finals. He has. So if he wants Dame Lillard he's going to get Dame Lillard.
0: Yeah. That's exactly right. He is. And we'll see what Dame Lillard has left, and we'll see how yep. it works because Pat Riley knows what he's doing and Eric Spolster knows what he's doing. <laughs>
3: they, yeah. They're good. Yes, and, and it just stands to reason if you, if you pair Dame Lillard, and Dame Lillard still has he, he, got something left. If you pair him you know, with Jimmy Butler and you have the other pieces that you have, and by the way, they lost to the Lakers – they lost one of the guards and drawing a blank on his name. Gabe the Vincent. Moment.
0: They lost Vincent. Gabe
3: Vincent. Gabe Vincent was terrific for them. Uh, the Lakers now mm-hmm. have him, and, 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 and Miami let him go.
0: Yeah, but Miami if you're getting go. Dame Lillard, you don't need well, Gabe but, Vincent. But
3: you don't, people didn't realize that at the time. They right. just go, oh, my God, they're going to lose Gabe Vincent. And Tyler Hero has taken down his social media associated with the Heat, apparently. I was just reading that about 4 o'clock in the morning. Hmm. And so, and to, to me, Milwaukee's window, I don't know. I know they re-signed their two guys they had to resign, And you've got to keep, you freak, you've got to keep him. And he's due for, you know, a renegotiation or an extension, excuse me. And Boston and, Miami, and Milwaukee seem very flawed to me. They, they seem teetering. And, and, and Philly seems to be going in a whole different direction. Where they're going to let everybody walk. And they're willing to have two max spots open where they could just go out next year and say to Joel Embiid, aha, we're going to put, and boom, put big famous people, super team around Joel Embiid. But that doesn't help them this year. So it would seem to me that if Miami gets Dame Lillard, Miami is in the driver's seat, not Boston, not Milwaukee, not Philly in the Eastern Conference, at, mm-hmm. least, at least this coming season.
0: You no, know, They're going to start playing again in about three hours because it's yeah, an 11-month season.
3: The only, play, the only teams that play more games in the NBA are AAU kids.
0: Yeah, That's right. Enjoy that. <laughs> Enjoy that. Yeah, I'll play, talk to you. It
3: seems that Matthew's played about 55 games this year.
0: Have a good week. Have a right, good week. Tom, talk to you. Happy 4th. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls, we'll take a break. Sally Jenkins will join us when we
2: return. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
1: You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once
0: again, this is Abby Thomas, originally sent to us by our friend George Malay, and then Abby Thomas sent her own biography. This is called Can't Go On Like This. It's beautiful. It is. She's really good. She's really good. Michael, if independent artists like Abby
2: Thomas want to send us their music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizershow.com. Always thrills me. Really does. Sally Jenkins
0: joins us now. Sally was on just a week ago plugging a book. And that was lovely. I woke up yesterday and picked up the paper from outside after I walked the dog. And I saw on A1 of the Washington Post one of the most haunting Photographs I have ever seen in my life It is a picture of dear friends and former competitors uh, Christine Marie Evert and Martina Navratilova Their heads are together, their eyes are closed It's a stunning, stunning photograph And it walks you in to one of the best sports stories I have ever read um, I used to do this for a living I know what's good This is great. It's by Sally. It's about Chris and Martina united again and having been friends forever and ever and ever, but united again with cancer. Different cancers and and all of that. And that's the story will make you cry, make you laugh too. How did the story come together? How did how did it start for you?
4: You know, Tony, uh, it started with a remark from my friend Mary Carillo, the great tennis broadcaster who said uh, at one point I asked how Chrissy and Martina were doing with their cancers. And she gave me a report and she said, you know, they've never been closer. And um, I was just r- really intrigued by that. And uh, I saw Martina when she was in New York at Sloan Kettering undergoing treatment and uh, took her to lunch and she started talking about her experience, but also her friendship with Chrissy. And so I said, Do you, you know, would you mind if I did something on, on this? And, um, and she said, no, but just wait till I'm, I'm through with my radiation. I want to be on the other side of it before I talk about it. Uh, but then I called Chrissy and, and asked her if she would be up for it. She said, yeah. And we ended up talking for, I, I would say, an hour, Tony. And uh, during that hour, I asked her at one point, I said, you know, tell me what you really love about Martina. And, um, and she said, oh, God, I'm going to cry. You know and and got really emotional as she started talking about their friendship so the story really really grew uh, they just both wanted to talk about how much they appreciated the other one and we just went back over a lot of ancient history and they really wanted to rethink the relationship especially in the light of the cancer and and how they'd gone through it together
0: I made a living doing these stories I made a living trying to find a story that I liked talking to the main character of the story not first never first talking to other people about them gathering as much as i could as much string as i could and then talking to the person who was the subject of the story they took a long time to report they took a long time to write um, so i know how this works this started out because sally and i talked yesterday this as i because i read the story got blown away by the story this started out in your mind as a column, and then it changed, didn't it?
4: It did. I, you know, I thought I'd get a couple of minutes on the phone with each of them and turn it into maybe a thousand-word column. Um, and it just became clear, like, right away. I mean, the first time it was an hour on the phone with Chrissy instead of 15 minutes, it just was very clear, no, this is a story, you know. And um, and then when I talked to Martina, when she was finished with her radiation And I talked to her. I mean, it just went even deeper. And that was another hour on the phone. And then I ended up flying down to Miami to see them together and spent uh, basically a day with them in Miami. But, you know, I I was lucky because they go way back with me because I started covering tennis in 1984. So we, we really had 30 years of conversations as a backdrop to this. You know, I had interviewed them over the years. I had covered a lot of their big matches. Uh, and so I had a pretty good bedrock foundation of knowledge about them and um, and trust with them that made it easier um, but yeah, it, it, the whole story start to finish. It was probably a two to three month process um, and then there was a lot of suffering writing it. you know yeah. it was not an easy write
0: you 're sitting in a room with them, and you know you know they're they are both great talkers they are both Tremendously intelligent. They have a 50 year history. You're sitting in that room and you're saying to yourself, if you're a writer, don't screw this up. This is gold. Don't screw it up, right?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, I just knew it was the best material I was ever going to have. And then Marvin Joseph's photo came in and I wanted to throw up because I was like, how am I going to write a story that lives up to that photo? um you know how yeah, now i have to write something that's of the same quality as that photo you know that doesn't disappoint the subjects and the photo so it was the most pressure packed story i've ever written that's for sure um you know it there was great great material there i mean it, it was they're, they are they are marvelous women they're deeply intelligent and self-aware and they just gave you everything you wanted as a writer with their answers and then my job became to set it up and get out yeah. of the way
0: yeah no i understand that they are on a similarly exalted level they you know when people say who is the best female tennis player of all time there are five names that everybody mentions they're all five you can't pick one there's all five there's Billie jean king there's steffi groff there's and martina there's serena williams and no you just there's no list that's that's the list. They're on this level. They know each other forever. They must know how the other feels all the time, right? They must.
4: I mean, they really do because they spent so much time. I mean, 18 Grand Slam titles each, right? And so, I mean, they just spent, uh, they played 60, uh, I believe 60 of their matches were in Grand Slams. Um, So that's 60 times where they were the last two people in the locker room, um, you know, staring at each other, uh, either with hostility or Uh, a certain amount of anticipation or dread or something Um, and then 60 times that they came back in that locker room and had to look at each other as winners and losers one of them's devastated and the other one would generally try to comfort you know the the stories about how Chrissy would be sitting there with her head hanging down and Martina would come over and sit next to her and put an arm around her and say look you're getting close you know you know I think you're going to get it get me next time you know those are remarkable stories I just couldn't get over those because that's the point they got to you know and they met so young they they met as teenagers you know they were they were sixteen and eighteen years old um and really close friends as teenagers before competition divided them
0: you you talk about you chronicle this that the um it was you you talk about how the relationship was like an hourglass and in the middle of the hourglass is when Chris backed away a little bit and said, you know, I I can't be friends with this woman. She's beating my brains out. I have to do something else. And then she came back. And it's all in the story. It is so ironic, obviously, that they both have cancer. When when you sat with them, how fondly do they remember the rivalry? Because it's, it's 30 years gone. It's you know, 30 years gone. You know.
4: Yeah. I mean, they remember like parts of it like crystal clear. I mean, the funniest part was, you know, Martina remembers the very first match they played in Akron in 19, I guess it was 73. Uh, I mean, she literally remembers it almost point by point, right? Mm. Uh, it, it's hysterical. Um, Chrissy remembers that match too because of the sense of alarm she felt at this girl's talent. Um, so they remember things like that. They remember uh, certain points of the French Open match of 1985, which is probably Chrissy's greatest match and the sense of curiosity that they had because they knew each other so well by then. But what's really fascinating is when you sit in a room with them, you can tell there are things between them they've never told anybody else. I mean, you know, sometimes you're with people that you know are keeping secrets. Yeah. (laughs) And they are like that. You know, they're very intuitive with each other. You know, they don't even have to look at each other for one of them to kind of indicate to the other one, yeah, let's not tell that story. Um, you you really feel that energy between them. And it's, it's hilarious part, you know, it's, it's fascinating. And it's hilarious. But I guarantee you, there's probably a couple things between them that they've never told their their spouses.
0: Sure, I'm sure that's true. And um, tell me about tell me tell everybody about the photo in terms of the physical way the photo was done.
4: You know, we were in a, a very overbright Miami hotel room, uh, very close to where Martina lives. And, and Chrissy, Chrissy had said, you know what, I'll come to you for the photo because Martina's still going to be tired from radiation. So it's easier for me. I'm doing better than she is. Which, first of all, that shows you the kind of care they take of each other. Um, but it was a, a, a kind of an overly bright Miami hotel with floor-to-ceiling windows. And Marvin had a really lovely backdrop that had some real soul to it but we didn't have anything to hang it with and so um it was funny me and jane uh ornstein who did the video the wonderful video package um we actually stood on chairs holding up the backdrop while uh marvin um had them sit on a couple of stools in front of the backdrop um just just talking um for a portrait and um and they they quite naturally laid their heads together you know with affection and um marvin at one point, uh, suggested, you know, do you feel like closing your eyes? And they closed their eyes, and Martina started joking, you know, watch. I've been trying to keep my eyes open for your camera for 30 minutes, and this is probably the one you'll use. Um, And, in fact, it's a masterpiece of a shot because, you know, their heads were together naturally, and then they closed their eyes, and you can just feel in that photo what their relationship is,
0: you know. It's it's totally great. Um, So then you have to go write it. This is the hard Ah. part. You got it. You know what you've got. You have to write it when you let it go. Did you know it was this good? Or were you afraid? Uh,
4: No, no, I was terrified. And I was um, I told my editor, Dan Steinberg, at one point, he said, Where are you? And I said, I'm passing through the valley of the shadow of death. (laughs) You know, I was just utterly tortured by it. I, I cried because I thought it's the best. You know, it's the best story you'll ever work with. And the best people you'll ever work with. And you're you know, you're, you're going to botch it, you're not going to live up to them, you know, and um, which is actually weirdly in writing can be a good sign, like that kind of anxiety and upset means that you're close to breaking through. Um, and it got better after that. And when I turned it in, it was way too long. We had to cut some material out. There's things that landed on the cutting room floor that I really regretted. But I also remember that my dad, Dan Jenkins, always said that the The test of a good story is by what is what gets on the cutting room floor, what lands on the cutting room floor. Um, So I knew the material was there. And um, I'm I'm, honestly, I'm still numb to it. Tony, I can't look at it or read it. I worked on it so hard that I can't see it. You know, it's really
0: good. Okay, you got me. You got Remick. You got Israel. (laughs) We think it's great. It's really good. Like you don't, to, you don't need anybody can, else telling you. Yeah,
4: I can. Well, you know what? The main thing is Martina and Christy are, are are moved by it. You know, and and gave it their blessing yesterday. And and I told them, you know, you were the only two readers. Quite honestly, I really cared about. You know, and that's the truth.
0: Let me go back over one thing before I let you go. It is clear they trust you like a sister. How did that happen? And were you surprised?
4: You know, it happened very slowly over the years. I think again, I go back with them to 1984. That's a long time. Um, I've stayed in a little bit of touch with them over the years, not close touch, but have seen them a bit socially. You know, I know Martina well enough to have offered to take her to lunch during her radiation treatments. Um, but I also think part of the equation is that uh, my partner has been going through lung cancer the past two years, mm-hmm. and they, they were aware of that. So I think they knew that I had, A, experience with cancer. B, I think that they respected my work um, and knew me um, as a friend um, as well as a journalist. And so it was kind of the, the perfect uh, triangle of, uh,
0: of trust. This comes from Shane Gillespie in Aurora, Illinois, of Lenny the howling, chicken-stealing dog fame. He says, (laughs) I felt compelled to write after I heard you read Robert from Colorado's email to close the June 30th show as he praised Sally Jenkins' work. I too want to issue praise where it is due. As an English teacher, I used the September 11th article she wrote for The Post a couple of years back in class annually. So when I heard her tell of the right call on June 14th, I ordered it immediately. I, like Robert, was through it in only a couple of days as a cross-country and track coach. I'm planning on getting a copy of the book for all my assistant coaches. It really is a valuable read. Thanks to you and the crew for sharing sharing such great resources on a regular basis, like Sally's work and where to get change for $100 in D.C., (laughs) Shane Gillespie. (laughs) I'll leave you with that. It's great. It's great. I will talk soon. Thanks, Sal.
4: Thank you, Mr. Tony, for having me.
0: Sally Jenkins, boys and girls. Michael, not Michael Wilbon. We will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Phil Coleman, yes, on the Euphonium. Grateful for that. Nigel, Nigel, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad?
1: Oh, yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them, you will as well. We got the bagel sandwiches this morning. Always great when that happens. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you will be thrilled. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me
0: just say, and let me just say about this thing I'm going to read. This, is, this song is it. Okay, this is the beginning. Not... Rock Around the Clock. No, by Bill Haley in the comments. No. This is the beginning of rock and roll in the United States of America. Deep down in Louisiana, close to New Orleans, way back up in the woods among the evergreens, there stood a log cabin made of earth and wood where lived a country boy named Johnny B. Good, who never ever learned to read or write so well, but he could play guitar just like ringing a bell. Go, go. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Charles F. Berry. That's it. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Sally Jenkins. Thanks to our sponsors, Game Time, a great Me Undies, read by Michael and Rocket Money. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. I want to say thank you to Jeff Barger and his wife, Tracy, for listening all the time and for taking a 7-Eleven cup and changing it into a 5-Eleven and cup. It just makes me very happy to have seen that. Uh, from Steve Batty who's the CEO of Keep It Truckin says I hope you're doing well I wanted to see if we could get a virtual interview with Tony Kornheiser one of the fastest growing country digital media outlets online with 82,000 on YouTube in six months 52,000 on TikTok we have a base in Nashville Orlando and Arizona It's, it's great and Steve has written songs for Madonna Justin Bieber Bruno Mars and others and that's lovely I'm, I'm not going to do it. Right. I don't know what a virtual interview is. I'm not,
1: I'm not <laughs> Something do that gets it. you in trouble. Yes. You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to do it, but thank yes. you. Thank that must
1: you. be because thank of all the music we play, all the, all the, the independent artists. Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, if they want to talk about the music that we play, we'll talk to you. We're just not going to do a virtual interview with you. Right. From Eileen Robinson, a nursing student in Rochester, Minnesota. The man related to Be My Marriage would agree with you. Your currency should be available at all banks. My husband is a big promoter in using cash. I'm looking forward to connecting with other Midwest Littles in August for the Hot Pink Hangover concert. Mm. Thanks for your delightful stories. From Ben Carton, Listening to your bank story on Friday's show made me chuckle. I, being a former branch manager of a pretty large bank, which was robbed more often than I can count, knew exactly what you were referring to when you could not get change from a bank that you were not a customer of. The answer is twofold. The main emphasis is fraud. The second is theft. I'll peel back the curtain a little as I no longer work for a bank and the stuff I do now involves amounts in the price of an NFL team. The tellers are held to a pretty strict overage shortage policy. Anytime the teller is over or under more than $5 from the amount they started their shift with, they get written up. If they happen to be over or under more than $100 that day, well then usually they're sent home until an investigation is done. The part about you being a customer of that institution is where that policy comes into play. If you were and the teller gave you too much change or too little change, they could debit or credit your account and send you a letter in the mail explaining why they were taking or giving you that money the teller was over or missing. If you're not a customer, they have no recourse to get their money back or vice versa. The fraud part comes into play with something we used to call a Canadian build-up. This would be where a customer comes in with, let's say, $500 in $100 bills. Then the customer would ask for a certain amount in 20s, 10s, 5s, and so on. The customer would then pocket some of that money and break down the amount even smaller, maybe by giving the teller 120s but asking for more than the 100 amount back in smaller bills and so on and so forth. Obviously, with your amount of $100, the chance of this happening is very slim, but the tellers cannot risk that chance, so they begrudgingly have to turn you away. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't make sense to someone who just wants change of a $100 bill, but unfortunately, that's how it is. You could also try, to carry, try not to carry around such big bills as the upper crust tend to do or start using a debit card as cashless places become no. more and more prominent. No, I don't no. want to do that. No. Also, you would be shocked at how little money is actually in a bank at any given time. This is why you see so many more people robbing ATMs by ripping them out of the convenience stores and bank walls. That is where the money is. From Gary Lupton in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Heard your story about your encounter with a male stripper at the bank. About 20 years ago, a friend of mine was selling his Lexus for about $16,000. A woman called, came and did a test drive, said she'd be back with the money the next day. She returned with her boyfriend and a grocery bag of money. They spent the <laughs> afternoon counting out $16,000 in ones, five, tens, and twenties. He worked for the federal government and was concerned she might earn her money illegally. He asked and she replied, no, I'm an exotic dancer. He deposited the money the next day. Two days later at the Pentagon, he was called in to explain the $16,000 deposit. Boy, did he have a story to tell now. From Mark Gorman in Fredericton, New Brunswick in Canada. I've been following all of the official announcements from the WHO on the pandemic being declared over, but like most, have always kind of wondered if it was really over. When Tony Kornheiser accepts change for $100 from an unfamiliar stripper in an unfamiliar bank, we can all rest assured the pandemic is over. From Jim Downey in either Lake Orion or Lake Orion, Michigan. Stop me if you've heard this one. A raccoon, a stripper, and an orange man walk into a bank. (laughs) From Brian in Long Valley, New Jersey. How is it possible there was a whole section of the show discussing a stripper making change and not a single person showed any concern about where the money had been (laughs) or more specifically what it had been touching earlier in the evening? (laughs) Tony Quinn, Birmingham, Alabama. I have one question. Did you wash your hands after you got the change? (laughs) From Jason Blazer, also from either Lake Orion or Lake Orient. Relating to the topic of bank offering change, I don't have any dog in the fight. I could go either way, but the moment Michael said, they're providing you a service, the pause and exasperated sigh you let out were palpable. <laughs> it felt akin to how Steve Fisher must have felt watching Chris <laughs> Webber call that time out. Disappointed, betrayed, upset, defeated, moi. <laughs> Chef's kiss. It was delicious. Exactly why I remain a loyal little. Scott Moffitt, Richmond, Virginia. I used to work in a bank and we had the same policy regarding exchanging money. If there are any issues with a bill due to counterfeiting, we could trace it back to the customer. Stripper life, straight cash, homie. But here's here's the thing that I want to say about that. There are sophisticated ways to tell if bills are
1: counterfeit. Sure, they can scan them or something. They right? know how to do it. Yeah.
0: You can take my hundred dollar bill, you can go in the back. it's okay, I don't mind, I just wanted some change. On other levels, Matt Weissman in Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. I had the pleasure to visit Dave Spector in Bell's Up Winery when I was in Oregon a couple of weeks ago. From start to finish, Dave provided us with first-class wine and first-class experience. Even the woman to whom I'm related by marriage enjoyed the experience and tolerated the podcast discussions Dave and I had during the tastings. If you are even in the Willamette Valley, if you are ever in the Willamette Valley, visiting Dave at Bell's Up is a must. On a separate note, I would like to wish Tony from the Berkeley Swim Club a hearty lachiserie and would like Tim DeLauro to eat it. <laughs> from Jenny Kissinger Messner in Lilitz, That's I'm sorry, that's Lidits. I kept saying Lilits earlier it, in the show with Will Bond. And it's Lilits It's Lilits oh. I apologize. We locals would like to inform you with a correct pronunciation of this venue. Spook. Oh, spook rhymes with nook, so it's spook spook spookenook, spookenook not with duke and it's lancaster not lancaster we pennsylvania dutch folk welcome you anytime so it's what spookinook spookenook, spookenook is that what it would be from john hyman as long as it doesn't rhyme with duke <laughs> i'm just writing to let you know <laughs> yes. that i've just spent a terrific <laughs> couple of hours listening to divine sweater a group i'd never know of if not for your show of course, I'm also imagining the band names they rejected Holy Kashmir, Benighted Kulats, <laughs> Hallowed Overalls, etc. Thanks for the tunes. Elite Olshansky writes a long thing about the which we'll get to at another time, about the NHL. Um, and one more, one more, and this is long, uh, from Graham Van Hook of Connecticut Avenue. Your David Remnick interview was great. I was given the privilege to sit down with David the week before your show in New York through the White House Fellowship. I found him to be one of the nicest and most gracious people I've ever met. Aside from the depressing conversation topics of Russia, climate, and the American political divide, I was able to draw upon your show's relationship with him over the years and lighten up the conversation by talking about the USFL, Washington Post, Princeton basketball, and Kyrie Irving. Connective (laughs) tissue for life. David was extremely complimentary towards you. By the way, please note, Mr. Tony, next year the Navy has me moving from my verdant enclave of Chevy Chase for the country of Japan. So Peter Jennings, not that Peter Jennings, if you're listening, I'm going to need a couple of intros as I head west. Keep up the great work. Chuck and Roxy, I am waiting. I am waiting. <laughs> if you're out on your bike, time to everyone, as always, do wear white.
1: What's that, chicken? Every night is the chicken <laughs> Holy God almighty.
0: Rest in peace.
5: Come my cut, you wrote your number on my heart, telling me the secrets that you've kept from everyone else. I've only got one night. You've gotta catch an early fly high. cars Don't push it Running on empty stuff in your brain, can't even see the truth in front of your face, will and disability. I can go on like this I can't go on like this